in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Veronica Coit of Asheville Cat Weirdos. Welcome, Veronica. Hi, thank you. We're going to take a deep dive into Asheville Cat Weirdos and your emergency fund and everything, but why don't you first tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in cat rescuing, being a cat lady, and all things cat. Um, I have two children, and I'm married, and I'm a full-time hairdresser in Asheville, North Carolina, and cat lady for life. It goes back like (laughs) all the generations. And I've always had cats and I kind of stumbled into cat weirdos and I had some personal background with uh, feral cat colonies and um, being a low income person in uh, bad situations when a cat gets sick or when you move and you can't find a place to take you and your cats. And I knew there were other people out there like me that I wanted to work with. So tell me a little bit about the history about Asheville Cat Weirdos. How did it get started? When did it get started? And and what's its purpose? The Asheville Cat Weirdos is a Facebook group that I founded in March of 2016. We're now at just shy of 9,000 members, and we are Western North Carolina exclusive, so it's regional. Everybody west of um, Highway 77 in North Carolina is welcome to join. And it just kind of happened. Uh, we were in a, there was a, a post in another community Facebook page, and there were some jokes made about how cat people are weird and antisocial and, you know, all those like cat lady myth kind of things. And somebody said, you should start a group. And it took me a few days and I just got started and it took off. And we had a thousand members in less than a year. And around this time last year, we were celebrating 5,000 members. I just got the notification for that. So yeah, it just kind of happened. And so what do you support? I mean, is it the Facebook group that then supports initiatives? Like if you, if someone has a cat that is injured or sick or needs assistance, how does that all work? By the first October of the group, I randomly decided to make a calendar and uh, sell it and having the proceeds go to a local nonprofit that works with feral cat colonies called Friends, the number two, and Ferals, Friends to Ferals. And I just used pictures that people had shared within the group that at that point wasn't even a full thousand members. And um, I had to do pre-sales because I couldn't afford to, you know, foot the bill of this calendar myself. So I had to do pre-sales and I was meeting people that I never would have met. And then during the pre-sales, uh, one of our members had a cat pass away because of a, a genetic uh, kind of mutation thing. And the people that I was meeting to come and purchase these calendars who had never met this cat and would never meet this person, most likely, they were crying. And there was just this bond that I saw taking place. And I realized how important this was going to be as a community. 
And that's what Asheville Cat Weirdos was and is first, is it's a community of people who honestly care about each other. So then I met a woman whose cat is currently worth $15,000 somewhere therein. Wow. And yeah, yeah. Wow. Yes. That's an appropriate response. Um, the cat has a genet- another genetic mutation, and it's caused what's akin to a brittle bone disease that affects the, uh, the lower jaw and the, uh, the hips, the rear, the rear legs and hips. And she, she kind of inspired what would happen next, which was the, um, our logo on a sticker. And I really wanted to help her at that point. She'd spent over $10,000 on this cat and I wanted to help her kind of keep going. Cause she just kept saying that, you know, the cat just has this will to live. Uh, this cat was the 59th cat in all the world to be diagnosed with this issue. And it's considered terminal. Most of the cats are put down because it's, it's a very difficult life. And, um, the cat, I met the cat and even when her jaw, like she had this major jaw surgery and her, it, it just, it stank from the infection. It was so bad, but she would run up to you and she would purr and she would want attention. Oh gosh, she smelled fearsome, but she didn't care. She just loved life so much. I, I thought it was amazing. And I had some background, um, you know, being, you know, the working poor where I'd had to make that scary decision that, you know, you can't, through no fault of your own, just by circumstance, you cannot afford the medical care that your cat required. And I thought about how that wasn't fair. And so we launched the stickers and we gave, uh, and then right after that was our silent auction. And I think we donated close to, I want to say close to $3,000 total to that uh, cat, to that cat's care. And it launched the whole idea of when I met the cat with the jaw and the hip thing, uh, she had tried to seek out assistance. Uh, she reached out to local humane society and other local rescues. And so she had this, this massive 10 plate page list of all these organizations that helped with general animal, like emergency assistance, animal welfare, that kind of stuff. Two thirds, you know, three quarters, like the massive part of the list was all dog stuff. Mm. It was all, you know, really specific, like breeds of dogs, you know, dogs in general, it's just dog, dog, dog. So boom, there goes almost like the majority of the list. So then what she was left with started to be even more specific and it was disease specific, breed specific. There was nothing just for like general cat or, you know, emergency circumstances. There was nothing out there. There were they were like our local shelter. They offer, um, you call their emergency assistance and they have, you know, it's done by a grant. So they have X amount of dollars per month that they can give out and they can give a maximum of $150 per person. And that's great. And that's saved lives. And they regularly run out of funds because it's so needed. But when you're looking at a $2,000 bill, 150 bucks is a drop in the bucket. So I wanted to make a fund that was not dependent on grant money and put this community to work helping each other and the community wanted to help each other. So now here we are with multiple programs, all focusing on helping people keep the cats they have. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about this Facebook page, which is obviously it's the core family that you've 
chosen to use Facebook as the platform to do that with. And that's, I think, really important because so many people are like, well, do I go with Instagram? Do I go with Twitter? Do I go with, you know, and you really just said it's Facebook and this is where it's going to be and this is where it's going to sit and that's where it's going to live and breathe and become who it is. And so I think that that's a, a really important thing for any small organization to be able to just say, let's focus on one place. Yeah. And then, you know, even in a couple of years, you've massaged that group and, and also been able to grow it in the way so that you have even expanded beyond the emergency fund component into a couple of other programs. And I don't know if you want to share those with us right now, too. Absolutely. There's kind of three things that can generally happen to make people not be able to keep their cats. The three big ones that we started to see, we watched the posts. Right now, we're at something like over 200 posts per day. But I noticed there would be kind of like common themes at different points. In the early days of the page, we would see pretty regularly like, I need help. My cat has, you know, this surgery, this thing, this. And I was like, okay, cool. Emergency fund. We got it. So let's move forward. And then there was like a six-month period where I started seeing a lot of these posts about like, uh, does anybody have any natural remedies for flea, um, you know, for flea infestation or my, I have to rehome my cat because I'm pregnant and the cat has fleas. And, you know, as we know, if a cat has fleas, that means a cat has worms. So, uh, you know, what are these little rice things that are on my blanket after my, my cat gets up? Um, so I said, okay, cool. Here's the idea for that one. Let's take the idea of a food pantry, but let's make it different. Let's make it specific. And the thing that sets us apart from I mean, you can go to any church or any food bank and you can get cat food. And then a lot of them, you can also get cat litter, uh, but they don't cover flea medicine and dewormer. So it was important mm -hmm. to me that we kept those things in stock because having fleas, having worms can lead to greater medical issues. It kind of falls under this like preventative care. So we started the cat pantry a few months ago and it's taken off. And then the next step for me was a few years ago, I had heard about a program through the local humane society where they were offering not only free spay and neuter and a free rabies vaccination, but they were also, um, it, once you got it done, after it was paid for, you came back with your receipt uh, and they would give you $20 cash. And I thought back to myself and how I actually have a cat right now who I didn't get her fixed until she was over six months old. She was in heat. It caused her to get outside uh, and it did cause her to get pregnant. I had the best of intentions. You know, this cat that I love, I don't love it any less. I just, you know, I can't afford the gas this week, you know, or I can't afford to miss this hour worth of work. You know, my boss will fire me. I can't take off work. Whatever the case may be, that 20 bucks would have made the difference for me. I'd have been like, oh, well, there's the gas in my tank to get to this, you know, spay and neuter clinic to get this done. Of course, if it was affecting me, it was affecting other people. So we had just uh, did our first round of vouchers for our spay and neuter program earlier this month. Wow, that's fantastic. A lot of growth in a very short period of time. And you managed to do this with kids and full-time job. How do you do that? Yeah, um, patience. Um, <laughs> and I have them. Um, I'm a little scattered. Honestly, I think the ADD helps a little bit. <laughs> I can kind of do multiple things. I've got a really amazing partner. Um, my husband and I have been together for coming on five years. 
uh, my children are from a previous marriage. And just over this past summer, my husband adopted my children. So I have an amazing partner. Today's episode is sponsored by Space Kitty Express, your one-stop shop for exotic cat drugs. Everyone's heard of catnip, but what about valerian root, tatarian honeysuckle, or silver vine? Space Kitty Express specializes in offering these hard-to-find catnip alternatives, both in their herbal form and stuffed into a variety of reusable toys. Their herbs are 100% pure, not like those quote-unquote catnip blends you might find in a pet store. Their tartarian honeysuckle wood is cut fresh and kept frozen to lock in its citrusy scent. Their silver vine exudes a mintiness that tingles the nostrils. Their organic valerian root is so musky that they've had to blend it with organic lemongrass so that human noses can tolerate it. Cats can definitely tell the difference between these quality herbs and that stale catnip from the big box store. Visit SpaceKittyExpress.com and watch videos from satisfied feline customers. Use coupon code COMMUNITYCATS, all one word, at checkout to receive 10% off your purchase. That's SpaceKittyExpress.com with coupon code COMMUNITYCATS. Doesn't your cat deserve the best? Spoil them today at SpaceKittyExpress.com. <coughs> ProVet Logic, based in Scottsboro, Alabama, provides educational support and product solutions to professional pet care providers and pet parents throughout the country. As a licensed veterinary medical continuing education provider, ProVet Logic provides a variety of educational tools designed to help cat care providers create a cleaner and safer environment for both the cats in their care and the care providers. To learn more about ProVet Logic, please visit www.provetlogic.com or call 800-869-4789. If you could, with what you know in Asheville and greater North Carolina, you know, if you did have like a magic wand as to what you could do to help cats in your community and help families in the community, what would you do? Spay and neuter. Spay and neuter would be my number one priority. If I could do nothing else and I had to focus on like a singular activity, it would be spaying and neutering because that's how we get. I've seen the charts and I have some family history with a uh, with a cat colony. That's a very long story, but it can get out of hand really quickly. When we uh, recently released the spay and neuter program, there were some people who were there that unfortunately we couldn't, we would have one person show up who had seven cats and our program was so small, but I wanted to help these people. So I said, okay, I'm going to do the research. And while they were sitting there with me, I would look up the programs for their specific area. And I go, okay, I'm going to take care of two of these guys. I'm going to give you two of the incentives, but you've got four more and we're coming up on spring and cats can get pregnant as early as four months old. You've got to get these guys fixed. And I would tell them all about the other programs and what they had to do, where they had to go, who they had to call. So that would be my big thing. Spay and neuter. What is your greatest challenge right now? Funding. (laughs) (laughs) No, really, it's figuring it all out. Um, I talk to a lot of people in the rescue industry here, and I've kind of found there's like two categories, I guess, of people in the rescue business. People who have, uh, you know, worked their way up and they've been doing it a really long time. You know, maybe some of them just fell into it. Um, And then there's the people who went to college. There's people who went to college and now they work for rescues and nonprofits and so on. And uh, I don't have that background. So I'm following the guide of my gut instinct and what the community tells me they need. 
Well, and the feedback you get in that Facebook group must be absolutely tremendous. I mean, that's the family. That's your your primary service area, so to speak, and then just grow from there. Yeah, yeah. Watching this family, it really is a family of people just grow and honestly care about one another and interact. I mean, we see 200 posts per day within the group, and that's our average. They can spike as well. I think the most we've ever had was like 300 in a single day. That's insane. Yeah, that's a lot of posts. It's definitely, it's a lot, a lot of posts and very active and very busy. And do you have moderation issues on that Facebook page? No, um, I don't actually. I have a really good team. That was something I forgot to mention. And in addition to giving my wonderful spouse a shout out, I forgot to mention this amazing team that I developed. I've got a full five person board and they do also double sometimes as like admins within the Facebook group. We have a team of three people who handle all of our uh, intakes for the emergency fund. We have the pantry team and they, oh, one of the other things about our pantry is that we also do emergency assistance. So like if your house burns down at midnight and you've got a cat and the Salvation Army just put you up at a hotel, but you got nothing and no money and all your credit cards and cash went up in the fire, somebody, all somebody has to do is email us and we can have you food as early as, you know, that night or the next morning. We've got a lot of night owls on the staff. So the pantry team has several people. And then the moderators. We're looking for a couple new moderators always. Um, But I think there's probably about 10 moderators on the page just kind of watching content, making sure that everybody kind of keeps on the same page, really having a positive community. Occasionally people do get upset about things. So we have some rules set in place and everybody usually plays pretty well together, but the moderator team is just amazing. Veronica, if people are interested in finding out more about your organization, how can they find you? Let's see. We've got AshevilleCatWeirdos.org. We're still building the website. We're trying to tap in more stuff, you know, give people more content on the website if they don't live locally and can't join the Facebook group because, of course, that's our main. That's the home. But it is restricted to Western North Carolina. Um, And then we have two Facebook pages. One of them is the ACW Cat Pantry, and the second one is the Asheville Cat Weirdos Emergency Fund, and we update and post, and we have events and share pictures and success stories, so there's always a lot of content on there. And we also have an Instagram page as well. Oh, so you are on a different platform, so you do have Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we thought, we've been thinking about getting a Twitter. I don't know. I'm considering it, (laughs) but we definitely have an Instagram, and Instagram provides a lot of content. Of course, we share lots of cat memes and funny stuff and cute stuff, but we also share, um, we have a lot of members who foster. I'm a foster cat mom too. So the Instagram team of people um, will also sometimes share photos of cats that are up for adoption as well. So you can even find your next best friend on there. Cool. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Be the change you wish to see in the world. Not everybody is cats. You know, some people are dogs or birds or other human beings, but don't wait for someone else to do it. That's really excellent. Very empowering. And hopefully over time, you know, the more of us, the merrier, that's for sure. So thank you again. Thank you for doing everything that you're doing for the cats down in Asheville. And I really appreciate you agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on in the future. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to another update next time we do something fun too. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats Podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 